piece of the puzzle, a podcast exploring the mysteries of midlife dating with your host, Anita. Part one. Imagine this. You've been chatting to a few guys on a couple of different apps, but they don't seem to be going anywhere. And then suddenly out of the blue comes a new match who, after a few messages, says, Hey, it's been nice messaging. How about we meet? Saturday 11am? Let's meet at the South Melbourne Oyster Bar. And you think, fantastic, a guy who wants to meet up, who takes decisive action, who's proactive, so you agree. You exchange a couple of messages before Saturday, and then Saturday comes, you get all dressed up, you head in your car for an hour drive to the South Melbourne markets, and you get there at 11 o'clock, nervous, but anticipating this fantastic connection and the waitress says do you, do you want to order anything and you say no, no no I'm waiting for somebody 10 minutes goes past and the waitress comes back again and says oh, I'm just checking you sure you don't want anything a glass of wine and you say no 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 I'm just I'm waiting for someone and you start nervously looking around to see if maybe you've missed him by 11.30, you get a pretty strong sense that maybe he's not coming. So you send a message just saying, hey, just wondering where you are. I've been waiting here for half an hour. I'm at the South Melbourne Oyster Bar, as we agreed. You hear nothing back from him. You head home in tears. And then seven hours later, you get a message from him saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I've just picked up my phone from the bar I left it in last night. Hope you enjoyed the oysters. As you might have guessed, this did happen to me. Now, I'm not going to share what I wrote back to him, but these interactions are enough to make you go, why do I bother? Why am I putting myself out there, getting dressed, heading out to meet someone I don't know? Uh, And the reality is sometimes, you know, it is a total waste of time. And sometimes you will meet someone who you think, I really hope I never meet that person again. But every once in a while, and this is what I think we hope and wish for, we meet someone who is amazing and we meet someone who we do want to spend the rest of our lives with. So I'm going to start the series by asking the question, what is stopping people from going online? Part two. I felt that I was spending so much time just trying to find someone who I was remotely interested in and then, you know, the chances of them also being interested in me and and then sort of making contact if they were and going through the process of communicating and then setting up a date and um, all the, I guess, all the energy and the time that goes into even preparing to go on a date and then having the date. So just... I guess it just felt like it was such a time-consuming process and it sort of didn't, you know, wasn't amounting to anything. So I I guess that's why I um, just haven't been bothered to get back on it for a while. But there's also that, that, that fear that maybe I'm not, I'm not interesting enough. Like, it'll, you know, I'll have my profile and I'll show, oh, this is the best of me. And then after a while, I'm like, oh, I just can't be bothered performing anymore. And, you know, what do you write on your profile? Hi, I just like sitting on the couch watching TV. I don't like, really don't like walks on, well, I do like walks on the beach, but, you know, uh, but I just, I just can't be bothered doing the whole selling myself, really. It's just, it just seems like too much effort. But then, you know, I pity myself, going, oh, I'm so alone. How do you understand or how do you, Uh, try and connect to somebody when you don't have that face-to-face contact, you don't have chemistry, you are basically 
looking at the situation from a point of view of what the person is saying to you online. And it's very, very difficult to make any really value judgments based on that. So you can see very legitimate questions coming up about, is it worth the time? How do I establish chemistry with somebody when I can't even see them? And am I going to be interesting enough for somebody? I asked people who had been online dating for a while what advice they had for people who were contemplating setting up an online dating profile. I think the most important thing is to just be as honest as possible. I mean, we're all going to put up our favourite photos of ourselves where we're looking absolutely fabulous. Um, we're all going to <laughs> say how wonderful we are. Basically, you're almost, you're almost doing it like you're advertising something. But I think, I think sometimes the tendency is to make things a bit too glossy. So my advice nowadays would be to, if you're putting up photos, to put a couple of different photos um, of different things. So sometimes we've got them just of going out, but maybe one of going out, maybe one of exercising, maybe one of you having fun in a different setting. Um, and then also when you're talking about your profile, um, to just be really honest um, in terms of what it is that you're looking for and in terms of how you would spend, say, a typical weekend and the things that you like to do. Um, don't gloss it up with the things that you do once a year. Like, um, you know, I know I love skiing, and I, but I only go once a year and I have put that in my profile in the past. Mm. But I've just found that... Um, in terms of values, uh, it's not actually that important to me whether someone skis or not. <laughs> so, but it is important to me whether they catch up with family and friends. So putting in those usual things that you do every weekend um, that, that you want someone to know is really important. The, tragically, ghosting is really common. Like I, I think I've got about 10 active conversations in uh, OkCupid. Well, they're not active anymore because for nine of those cases, the woman just stopped writing. No goodbye, nothing. It just went quiet. And uh, and then sometimes the conversation would disappear because they've they've archived it or deleted it or whatever it is. And that's, yeah, it's kind of hurtful, but common. Now, it can feel a little bit difficult sometimes to have hope when you put in all this effort, you come up with a profile, you come up with a description, you choose photos without trying to sell yourself and showing your natural state, which might just be that you enjoy slobbing around on a couch. And somehow you have to manage to attract somebody who might end up ghosting you. It can give you a feeling that maybe there's not much hope. But I feel like it would be irresponsible of me as a host to leave you feeling totally despondent at the end of each episode. So what I am going to do is, at the end of each episode, share a story of hope. And as I mentioned earlier, that might be a story of success where someone has found love midlife. But let's be realistic, life is not a Hollywood fairy tale and not everyone ends up with some amazing soulmate. And so I also want to explore different forms of success. So it might be that you come away from this with some major takeaway that makes you realize that, okay, it was a pretty excruciating date, but this is the thing I've learned either about myself or about life in general. But today's final story of hope is one where someone went online in midlife and managed to find love. Part three. I was in London 
and I was what, about 34, 35 by that time, 34 I think, and I, I, I wasn't meeting anyone, I hadn't been in a proper relationship for a while, um, and I, I used to play rugby, and everyone I met, generally, my whole social circle was around a rugby club, and um, I didn't really want to date a rugby boy, because they're a nightmare, and I did have a sense that I am quite happy to take charge of all these other areas of my life so if I want to do something with my career if I want to do something with my fitness or you know whatever I would have a goal and I take steps to go after that goal um and I couldn't really see why I would let dating be different if I wanted a relationship I'd have to put the work in just like I did everywhere else in, in my life I guess um that said oh, I felt like a massive waste of time <laughs> And I did need quite a lot of coaching from um, a housemate of mine and a colleague, friend of mine as well. I had two people, I think, in particular, who were quite good at coaching me and making me stick with it. I had very uh, particular rules of engagement, for want of a better word or phrase. I did not want to message people for ages because I knew, certainly from my first kind of foray into online dating, I knew that people in person can be very different to how they appear online. And um, I'd had experience of messaging people back and forth for, I mean, not, never for ages, but even just for a couple of weeks. And you build them up. You know, this person's got amazing chat. We've got so much in common. Oh my gosh, they look so nice in their pictures. And then you meet them and there's just, there's just nothing there. And it's, it's, I, I, there's an indefinable um, quality that you're looking for. And you can't, you can't measure that online or in an email or I can't anyway it's it's, it's something that I, I was never able to really um identify properly in a, in a message so I, I um always made sure I met people in person within like a week I'd say probably if or you know two weeks at the most of first first messaging them um so yeah so I never message people for too long and the other thing that I was pretty strict on as I knew it was a numbers game that's what my housemate told me that's what my colleague told me you know you're just going to have to meet lots of people and one of them you're going to want to spend more time with um so I carved out a date night each week basically Thursday night was my date night um and I tried very hard to make sure I met somebody different every Thursday night I didn't always stick to it but that was the plan um and it just put some it's not even boundaries it just sort of made me Put the effort in as far as I can remember the only time I met anybody not on my Thursday night date night was when I went on a second date which is with Charles who I am still with five years later. I know that Charles and I we matched on Tinder actually first but never spoke to each other on it and then a week or so later we matched on Happen and um we did connect then um and he messaged me first i remember that and he complimented my fringe which i appreciated um and then we just went back and forth for a while um not very long again i think we met probably within about 10 days of that first message yes so it, there was it was a com it was very much a conversation even in the written messages it was a conversation so he would not just talk about what he what he was doing who he was he asked me questions as well and then you know obvious stuff as well he wasn't you know he wasn't 
rude or inappropriate or <laughs> went to the filthy talk before we'd ever met you know and it sounds like basic stuff but it's incredible how many people don't follow those rules every other date that I'd been on every other date I'd sat there with a person thinking mm, yeah you're nice maybe if you were like this or maybe maybe if I tried to be a bit more like this maybe it could work and it was kind of like trying to dress and it doesn't quite fit it was just really different it's just really different to all these other dates that I've been on where they felt a bit awkward it flew by and um and I just I was just interested in what's happening in front of me rather than um thinking around it we ended up kind of having dinner which was um unexpected and I'd also kind of eaten before I went out so I had two dinners which was the way to my heart little did he know at the time <laughs> I found it hard to be to imagine being in a sort of oh I'm in a grown-up relationship now and we live together we have a puppy together and and, and you know we want to have kids and stuff and but it, it happened and if we hadn't crossed paths on this app like my whole life would be different like I'm part of a whole different family I'm I'm a family with him I'm part of his family it's just a whole new world and if I hadn't been brave and or persistent (laughs) um and or willing to put up with some boredom (laughs) I would never have stumbled on this whole life I have to say I love that story it gives me so much hope and I think it's just a really beautiful uh introduction to our success stories for this podcast Uh, and a lot of her strategies counter some of the fears that we heard earlier on so some of the fears we heard earlier on about people what's stopping people from going online is that they are worried about the time that gets lost they're worried that they're not interesting enough Um, it's hard to form a connection online when you don't know someone in real life she had very clear strategies so um, in terms of time, she set aside a particular time, Thursday nights each week, to um, meet up with someone. So she didn't have that much to lose if it didn't go that well. And she met up just for a drink, except for with Charles, who ended up being her love. Um, in terms of trying to form a connection, she would not message forever. She would catch up with and arrange a catch up within a very short amount of time, um, knowing that sometimes the online connection can be misleading. And in terms of those fears and doubts that we all have of are we interesting enough and is there something wrong with me, she had friends who were her support people to help her through the process. And I think those are really amazing strategies to have that we could all use. I'm definitely going to try and use this um, next time I go online. This episode's takeaways and thank yous. So I guess the takeaway is that midlife dating isn't necessarily easy. I have to say I actually just went on a date today. It was a first date with someone I'd met online and you know driving there I had that same thought of oh here we go again like I've got you know, expectations and I'm a bit nervous and how long do I have to keep doing this for? Um, and the day, you know, I'm going to have to say it was just kind of average. Um, but I'm still really glad that I'm doing it. I'm still really proud of myself. And I think um, the message is if you do get out there and you're doing this, just do what you can do, get support from people and be kind to yourself. So I'm making sure I'm doing something fun tonight just in case it was a disaster. And it wasn't a disaster, but it, you know, this person is probably not someone I'm going to catch up with again. But I really think for anyone who's getting out there and putting themselves out there, we need to pat ourselves on the back. It's not easy, and uh, but it can result in some fantastic 
learnings about yourself and it, you know it might result in love it might not but I almost feel in some ways that's irrelevant the main thing is um, how we turn up and I've noticed I've changed a lot in how I turn up in relationships and midlife dating I'm much more there just to meet another human being and get to hear their story and it might be that they're the love of my life or um, they might not be but it, what an amazing opportunity to just get to meet some new people and worst case scenario, you have a disaster situation, in which case you've got great podcast material. Now, as this is my very first podcast, uh, I want to firstly say a huge thank you to all the people who have been behind this podcast. There are a lot of you, uh, and I just, I won't individually name everyone, though I will say a particular thank you to Warwick for um, the graphic design work, um, to Ben for being the collective voice of um, all the disappointing males online. <laughs> and um, all the friends who have shared so vulnerably and who have also provided me with lots of support and encouragement for this podcast. I want to throw it out to you as well. I'd love you to contact me at pieceofthepuzzlepodcast at gmail.com because I would love to hear either stories of hope, so whether you're midlife and you've met someone either online or through other means and you've, you've started dating and you've got you had some success, uh, any nightmare stories of midlife dating uh, that you'd like to share. And I also want to uh, reach out to members of our diverse communities. I really don't want this to be a podcast about heterosexual, um, white, able-bodied people from middle-class backgrounds. I think that would be really limited. And I want to make sure that this is a podcast that hears everyone's stories. I think it's so important to hear stories from all across our community. Um, So please do get in contact with me. So that email address again, pieceofthepuzzlepodcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line, share a story. Uh, But also this has been my first podcast episode ever so I'm sure there's going to be areas for improvement if you've got any feedback or suggestions I'd love to hear it Um, but bearing in mind I am a real human being even if you don't know who I am and um, it'd be great if you just be kind and mindful about how you give that feedback so subscribe to the show Uh, there is a Facebook page Instagram Twitter join it like it do whatever you feel uh, to provide that support And we'll see you for our next episode, which will be on the subject of what makes someone swipe left or right. You've been listening to Piece of the Puzzle, a podcast exploring the mysteries of midlife dating, hosted by Anita. I waited at the platform, it was half past ten. I counted down the seconds for you to ring that bell. You promised me it's same me. I counted on your word I gave up all those diamonds for your promise of power